0: Good afternoon everybody, Daily Grind here and I am so excited, words cannot describe. I finally got Sterling Scott onto this podcast and he is the entrepreneur of all traits. Actually we are currently driving to Calgary right now because that was the only way I could tie down the most popular man in Canada. (laughs) He's laughing at me but it's serious, I'm sitting in the passenger seat right now. And he's driving and we're interviewing, so if randomly anything happens, that's why. But you, if you don't know who Sterling Scott is, the reason I brought him onto this podcast is he's a comedian who made his own way up. He started out in Toronto, came to Edmonton, he'll tell us some more about his story, but he just made himself up and he literally worked every show possible, did what he could, he got signed by Kevin Hart for his interview, he's won countless like championship awards and trophies. With Just for Laughs and other comedic festivals in the States. And he just does it and he does other businesses. So I was like, okay, I am getting you on this podcast. So, Sterling, thanks so much for coming out today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. First off, I want to say that I'm uh, humbled and honored by your amazing intro. But uh, most of all, that I'm happy to be on this podcast uh, mainly because uh, your work inspires me, because your grind, the way you are as an individual, is what i would tell people is a good model to look at and i'm not just boosting i'm just being <laughs> honest like uh your tenacity your your i remember the times we used to talk about uh you going out to get clients and how you just go out and you knock doors and your drive is kind of like a motivation that i would tell people to use as a guide point so thank you for such an amazing intro but um you know i'm uh I'm I'm looking at you the same way you intro me.
0: Ah, uh, I love that. So this is gonna be a great conversation then. And I love how you brought up conversation. So I've known Sterling, I want to say for like ten years now. Oh, longer. A, yeah, we met each other when we were both trying to figure out life. <laughs> yeah.
1: The lost ages is the what lost, I call that. Yeah, the twenty 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 one to twenty four you're allowed to be lost
0: yeah and i don't think anyone remembers that because i know i consumed a lot of alcohol but you consume a lot of alcohol
1: you know what the funny thing is though looking back at that time um 21 24 i thought i had life figured out <laughs> and now i'm 36 and i'm just like man was i an idiot
0: right and I- so when i
1: talk to 21 year olds who feel like they've got it all figured out. I'm like, I can't wait for you to hit 36 to see how stupid you sound.
0: I swear it's like 30 and things start happening and you're like, 30 what? is when you
1: wake up. 30 you wake up and you realize you are no longer a child and that your circumstances right now as a 30-year-old person are probably not where you as a 15-year-old would have imagined you'd be. And that's when people start to turn it around or go worse.
0: Yeah, or they, and it's interesting because sometimes they don't want to take the responsibility of like, I am here because this is the actions that I created. Regardless of everything that happened, it was my reaction that caused this situation, right?
1: Yes, that's typically the flaw of a lot of people who are, um, those people are the people that make excuses. Um, if you're really truly looking to be in uh, as an entrepreneur, you're going to have to understand that no excuses are allowed. There's an objective, and there's a fail and a success. Which one did you do, and what did you learn from both? That's all there is to it. Did you fail? Why? It's going to be your fault at the end. If you failed, it's your fault. And if you were successful, it's also your fault. What did you learn along the way? And that's all there is to it. It's very black and white uh, when it comes to uh, what we do in the the entrepreneurial field. So when you meet people who make excuses and who constantly blame others is because they've refused to look inside of themselves and see why they're not where they would like to be. Yeah. So 30 is a good age for that. So at 21 to 24, I mean, I feel like the biggest thing that held me back was that um, I believed in the school system. And I'll explain what I mean by that. In high school, what I was taught was math, science, English, French, you know, religion. But I wasn't taught um, what career I would ever want to do. There's no career class. There's no classes where you're like, this is a career. Do I like it? All right. What do I need to do to get there? It's just these are basics. And then when you're done, they go, now go figure out your life. (laughs) And at 19 years of age, because I'm from Ontario, and in Ontario, you finish high school at 19, back in the 90s. Um, at 19 years of age, you're casted out, and they're like, go to college. And you're like, okay, what do I learn in college? College is like, choose a job. And you're like, I don't, I don't know what job I wanna do. I, I've only worked in a movie theater, or whatever little part-time job you've had. And when you enter out into that world now, you have no clue, so you start making up stuff, and that's when you find students who go to school and drop out, or become career students, or they go to school, get a degree, then leave, and then go back to get another one, because then they figured out what they like.
0: I think you just described me to all three things. Oh, well,
1: it, 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 But that happens because we were not trained on how to decide what to do with our lives. We were instead trained on how to be an employee in someone else's lives. So when I was 21 years of age, I had zero clue of what I wanted to do with my life and zero idea of how to get there. And so I was lost. And that's why I call those the lost ages. Ah,
0: so when you finally figured out, you know, I'm gonna be an entrepreneur, I'm gonna try something new. What was your first kind of adventure or road down that path and did it work out?
1: Um, when I decided, first thing I wanted to actually become was an actor. So the story behind me doing comedy is the story of how I became um, uh, an entrepreneur. And what it was, was that I wanted to be on television. I wanted to be on the Much Music BJ Search. And in 2000, and I think 4, I auditioned. And I did the live auditions, and I, I had great auditions. I mean, auditions where the hosts were like, we, the best auditions of the day was Sterling Scott, and They even used my auditions in the commercials and on television. And I wanted to be a much music VJ because all much music VJs ended up on television throughout their career. That's true. So I was like, I'm going to be a VJ. I'm going to interview and make relationships with a bunch of artists. I'm going to end up in music videos. I'm going to do small commercials. I'll be a personality. I'll get on TV. That was the path. I thought I was going to make it. And they didn't choose me. I was very depressed. My friends took me to a comedy show, and it was Kenny Robinson's uh, Nubian Disciples, and they brought me to the comedy show, and they were giving out a free bottle of wine for anybody with a talent. My friends shouted out, this guy's hilarious. So, at a comedy show, you're gonna shout out, this guy's hilarious, they put me (laughs) on stage. I had never done comedy, I had never thought about comedy, I had no desire to be a comedian. I told an old street joke uh, that I would always tell at house parties and the whole place erupted. I won the bottle of wine. I got severely drunk. (laughs) I'm backstage and uh, Kenny Robinson and some of the other comedians were asking me who I was. I was drunk, I lied. I told them I was a comedian out of Edmonton. They said, awesome, are you here next month? I said, yeah. They said, great, you're on the show. Now, I go on to the show, and I bomb. I bomb terribly. Because, of course, I'm not a comedian. I had no clue of what I'm going to do, or even how to do this art form. But that was the day that I realized, I can do this. I just didn't respect the craft, the effort, and the work that it takes to go in. And that was the day, and I said, I'm going to become one of the greatest comedians of all time. And that was the day I decided to become an entrepreneur.
0: Wow, and how many years ago was that?
1: That was 11 years ago.
0: And so, when like, do you feel that you've hit being the greatest comedian ever? Do you feel like you're close? Like, how's the journey?
1: The journey is um, amazing. Even my bad days are days that I would rather do than being at a day job. I am not the best comedian right now. No, I'm not, Um, but I don't believe that... I didn't think that I would ever hit my stride at such a young uh, age in comedy. Uh, The average great comedian that you see usually finds their way or hits their celebrity status at the 15 to 25 year mark. Wow. So I would always equate being a comedian to being a doctor. People would be like, being a comedian is not like being a doctor. And I go, well, let me explain. When you're a doctor, you have to go to school for approximately 10 years before you can become a practicing doctor. So it takes 10 years for you to be able to say, I can get paid at this job. It took me uh, 10 years to be able to say, I am an international, professional, stand-up comedian that makes only my money from this.
0: So just to interject, can you just let everyone know that you did have jobs through the process? Like, yes,
1: I did. And jobs did? are a necessary evil. So what I mean by necessary evil is that um, in order to make a dream or a vision happen, you need, um, you need uh, a, a plan, a vision, and money to make it happen. You need those things. Um, and if you don't have those three things, I don't know how you're doing it. The only people that can get away with any of those... With that, with missing one of those three things is a prostitute. Because if she has vision and drive, she doesn't need capital because all she's selling is pussy. Right? So, so you know what I mean? Like That's the only way you could... You need those three things. Okay, okay. And even with that, you still need to be able to advertise, buy nice clothes... And be able to clean the bad boy up. So you need capital. So you need those three things.
0: Prostitutes everywhere. You're officially logged into the entrepreneur. They, they
1: world. of course, they're entrepreneurs. <laughs> Strippers, prostitutes, Robin Tug. Those are the original entrepreneurs. Prostitution's the oldest uh, business institution. It's
0: true.
1: And yeah. it's the it's because it, it was a sound business. <laughs> I have nothing against. Uh, anybody who's like upset or offended I have nothing against any process. I think that they found something that they're gonna sell and then they sold it because we buy sex whether we like it or not every day so I don't look down on the aka the johns that pay for it I don't do it mainly because of, that's not my speed <laughs> but I respect the business model but anyways. Um,
0: okay, so I'm going to interject because yeah. there's something I totally want to make sure I say and don't forget. No worries. So words. back to like how we've known each other since a long time in conversations. So what I like really realized I was on the entrepreneurial journey. I was having some bad days. And I called you up. And I was like, "Starlight, like, blah, I can't do this. I suck. And I was really down on myself. And you said these words to me that were, it's to this day, I still think it's probably the best entrepreneurial advice I got. And it was, you either get bitter or better, Odeon. So pick which one, and if you can't get better, you gotta leave. And so has there been like a business venture that you've done outside of comedy where you really had to understand that?
1: Yes, um, so I have multiple businesses. I have um, Sincerely Organic, which Best is
0: bomb, everybody. <laughs> the
1: natural hair and skin care product line. I also own my own bar. Um, called 117 um, in Edmonton and I also have my own booking agency that books comedians and produces shows as well as I'm a comedian so when I had to learn about the get better or get bitter it happened with, uh, with my bar um, it actually almost burned down so, there was a giant fire, and um, it caused a lot of smoke damage, and uh, it prevented us from opening. And we had to decide whether we're going to just forget the whole idea, or if we're going to, you know, dig our, dig our heels in and clean and pay for everything and, and open So, either we could have complained... We could have quit. We could have quit right there and everybody would have been like... We understand. You had a fire. Your whole business was shut down. So, we could have been like... Oh, this is our excuse to quit. But instead... We were like, listen... We could either complain about the fire... Or we can get better and fix it. And we spent... An extra $25,000... Cleaning the place... So that we can open in seven days. Some people would have been like, "It would have been twenty-five thousand in damage, man. We were screwed." And then they closed. We had to make that decision, and we did that as a group.
0: And your so, bar is wonderful. It is a great you. place to go if you guys are in Edmonton. They've got great entertainment. They have musical things like.
1: If you are battles. listening to this and you are in Edmonton, my bar is brand new. We haven't been open thirty days yet. It's uh, the, the place is called 117. It's 11723 Jasper Ave. It's open seven days a week and we have live performances that's free to attend. So please come down and check that out.
0: <laughs> and that was our show break, everybody. <laughs> so,
1: 117, the place where Edmonton comes to chill.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one. So I've got another question for you. Yeah. Um, when people are becoming entrepreneurs, they often get told like only focus on one thing. Right, And you, or if you're focusing on something else, it has to be related to your streamline. So have you ever got any kind of pushback about the fact that you went into the bar or went into the booking agency? Or do you feel like they correlate very well with your business? Are they something you wish you had done right from the beginning instead of later on? Tell us about those different facets.
1: Um, well, what somebody means by that is like the, the saying goes, uh, jack of all trades is a professional at none. So, if you want to become great, that's why they'll tell you to focus on this. Because you have no outside distractions. All your attention goes into uh, that one passion.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? Um, So, that's what they mean by that. My passion is comedy. Now, my outside things are my... I am not putting as much effort into my outside uh, uh, businesses as I do comedy. That's why my outside businesses are not going to be as good as my comedy. So I'm okay with it because those businesses will thrive later on in life. How will they do that? I'll explain. You may have heard this before, and it makes sense. I don't have to be the smartest person in the room I just have to be smart enough to hire that person. So all I've done is create the confines of what I want my business to be, the model. The model of what my business I want it to be. I make sure it's up and running and that there's some capital that of course I'm taking from my comedy and then I find somebody to manage and run the business for me. I have four partners for my bar. I have two for Sincerely Organic, and I have one for my booking agency. So they understand my vision, my image, and they carry it out. They are better than me at carrying it out because that's their only vision. That's their only drive to to accomplish what I have said I want to do, you know? But with my comedy, that's where all my energy goes. So my businesses, yes, did I set them up? Yes, yes. Are those mine? Yes. But do I run them? No. I told them, this is my vision. This is my dream. Can you do this? They go, yeah. I go, you're hired. Then I come back and check on them to make sure they've done what I want.
0: And I my businesses like are run. You might ask a few more questions in the interview process. <laughs> yes.
1: Of course I do. But it's like, I, I delegate. That's yeah. what I do.
0: Because and delegation is was so ten, important.
1: Yeah. If there was 10 of me, I wouldn't need one of you. You know? But there's not. So what I need to find is uh, somebody who can carry out my vision better than me. Mm
0: -hmm. And vision's like so important. Like they say have your why or have that, but your vision is such a big part of it. And um, one really cool thing about you is that you wanna buy an island. That's your ultimate vision. Yeah. And so is there ever days where you're just like, why do I have this vision? I'm crazy. Or does that vision always keep you going?
1: it it keeps me going it's what I used to sleep at night the one thing that uh, you know like there's a lot of memes on the internet um, but one of them that I've seen to be the most true is this one whether you believe you can or can't you are correct is that Yoda? I don't know (laughs) but that quote was the most powerful one I've ever seen and I'll tell you why If you've ever seen some lunatic people who they're like crazy, like legitimately crazy, but they always get whatever they want in life. Like they always find their way to whatever goals they were. And you're like, how? This guy's an idiot. (laughs) It's because in their mind, they don't think about how they're getting there. They just think about, I am going to get there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Picture it like this. I wanna touch the tree. But while I'm trying to touch the tree, a little kid grabs onto my ankles. The average person would be like, why is this kid holding onto my ankle? I'm trying to get to the tree. I can't get to the tree because this guy's holding onto my ankles, it's gonna take me forever. The Crazy person is like, I don't even see that person holding onto my ankles, I gotta get to the tree. Then when you're walking to the tree, now someone jumps on your back. Again the average person would be like I got this guy on my back And this kid on my ankle How do you expect me to get to that tree But the crazy person is like I'm getting to that tree Then they trip you Now you're laying on the floor With a guy on your back A baby on their leg, And your nails digging into the ground And you're like This is ridiculous I shouldn't have to go through all these things But the crazy person is just thinking I'm going to get to that tree when the crazy person gets to the tree and they touch the tree, then they turn around and go, man, I got to this tree after this guy jumped on my back while I was on the ground and the hole in my feet. And they celebrate the fact that they could have done that. But the average person would have never got to the tree because everything that was holding them back was allowing them to stop. Yeah, like they, they weren't
0: a way around it. Or- yeah.
1: They, they- and negative people negative people, whenever I talk to people and I go, I'm going to build an island. They go, how? If you build an island, you're going to have so much maintenance. What about the weather? What about this? And they say so much negative things, they've talked themselves out before they've even started. So after they say all these negative things and they laugh at me, I go to them, do you know anybody that owns an island? And they go, no. And I go, do you know that islands exist and that people buy them? And they go, yeah. And then I'll open websites and I go, look, people have done it. Do you know what that means? If people have done it, it can be done. And the reason why you can't do it is because you've already set your limits. You've looked at something and said, I can't. And whether you can or can't, you are right. You believe that. So when I tell people I'm gonna build an island and they go, you're crazy, I go, no. I wish I was crazy, because then I get the island faster.
0: Oh my gosh, so speaking of crazy and negative, um, as you know, mental health is my jam. Um, I really love to advocate for it. And I think in the kind of comedic community, nobody thinks that comedians are sad or emotional or going through any struggles or going through any negativity. Um, Do you think that's true? Or do you think that the kind of comedic world, if anything, needs a bigger high five, especially with the death of Robin Williams this year?
1: Um, That's a a very interesting question. Um, Mental health is something that should be addressed, period. Period. Regardless of whether you're a comedian or you work at the you know, 7-Eleven. Because with, with mental health, what we don't address is the amount of trauma and uh, stuff that people go through which affects them in their decision-making, in their daily lives, which results in society changing exactly the way it should be. Like What I mean by that is there's a difference between the way the world should be and the way the world is. And um, in comedy, people are now becoming aware of uh, comedians. Like you said, Robin Williams suffering from depression and stuff like that. I don't think that that's like a big comedian thing. I think that's a big social thing. It's just that those comedians had platforms that regular people didn't have. Now, um, the reason why I don't want people to think all these comedians are sad is because I found that... It started out as a movement towards people saying, you know, I have mental health issues and they were coming out because it's something that they were ashamed of. But now because people are embracing it, I find people joining the cause because they want to be a victim so that people can feel sorry for them so that they can get their likes that way. You know, what? I, this is what I mean. There's people that really suffer from depression. There's people that have it because every morning they wake up, they re- they're ready to die. And there's people who are just sad for the day. So they get on the internet and they're like, I'm depressed. I, I, and they do that so that they can get 300 likes and go, now I'm popular. you know, And I found a lot of people have used that as an avenue. And that upsets me because I'm like, you're not depressed. That's just being sad. That's just being broken up with because of your girlfriend. Real depression, real anxiety. I, For example, I know some people who if the phone rings and they don't know the phone number, it cripples them. They can't answer the phone. They can't answer the phone. They're not making no Facebook posts about that because they're ashamed of how their body responds to something as simple as, Who's on the phone? I don't know. Why are they calling me? How come I don't know their number? Where do they get my number from? I can't... I don't want to know... What if it's somebody that's a bill collector? What if it... They can't answer the phone because of real anxiety. I know people who just can't get out of bed. They're not on Facebook looking for attention because they can't even get out of bed. Those are the people that we need to talk to. But unfortunately... When you have a flood of people looking for attention, it oversaturates the market and the real people that need help are lost.
0: So how do we break like in how could like we break the shame around that people feel around any mental health issues that they have? And how do we make it so first I answer that, then I'll ask you, my, ask you my next question. Well the
1: way to break um, the shame would first off to be let those people Instead of forcing them to um, Try to Put their life on social media Provide an outlet Where they can talk to somebody In private So that they could Feel that they're not being judged Not being put on display Right? Because what's going to happen is the real people that need help Are going to show up And the people that are just looking for likes on the internet Are not going to go there Because they're not going to get the attention that they want.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? So provide a real outlet in which someone can find help is the first thing I would say. And then use uh, those individuals to help the new ones that need help.
0: Because That's something that is really important to me is because I think uh, we... Forget that the ones who've experienced are sometimes the best ones to give advice.
1: Right, and because they've walked that path,
0: and they're more understanding they're good people. Yes, and compassionate. Like it's interesting because now everyone sees me and they think I'm happy all the time, and I'm like, hey, like I have days where I'm just like a hot mess, and but because I know those hot mess days when someone's going through it, I'm like, hey, I can be patient with you. I can give you a high five. I can just say I'm here for you and there's no anger there's no judgment I just want you to be in a happy place because I know that I can get there and just helping people out that's like my secret goal kind of thing because I think too it's easy when we're in these rough places and we see people who look normal you're like who the heck are you to tell me how to feel or tell me that this is going to get better
1: yeah, that's a big thing. You could never tell somebody how they should or should not feel.
0: Right? And so if you go and let's say like don't get me wrong, I love shrinks. Everyone who knows me loves I knows I'm a huge advocate for shrinks or therapists or whatever they wanna whatever name. But some if you're sitting there and you're let's say your therapist has never been dumped and that's what you're most upset about, you're like, Who are you to give me this advice right now? Like Well, there's
1: a big difference between a psychiatrist and, as, and, uh, and and a psychologist. <laughs>
0: That's true. And what if you know the difference,
1: drugs? I feel sorry for you. <laughs> what um,
0: prescribed drugs? Exactly.
1: If you know the difference, then you are really a person that deals with these issues.
0: Yeah, like. But uh, um,
1: again, I don't ever. I, I think good uh therapy comes from not telling you how to feel, but addressing why you feel.
0: Yeah, and the root problem. Right. Kind like of like giving awareness. The joke.
1: Comedy is all about relativity, relating to the individual and in telling your story. So, like, uh, when you're doing different styles, that's when you're getting to like, I'm giving you a message, but I'm putting some honey on it. You know what I mean?
0: That's true. You always got
1: with with great with good comedy, you laugh. With great comedy, um, you remember them. With legendary comedy, you learn and grow. And uh, I'd like to think I'm just that good comedy.
0: I'm going to put you or at you crying. laugh. You guys, uh, maybe like, like, sometimes
1: you... Yeah, some of my bits maybe remember. Some of your but,
0: bits. And plus the fact that, like, I know I ended up in a couple of those bits. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's
1: true. But it's true. Like, I think, that, like, like uh, that's that's how it is for that. And with good comedy, with, with legendary comedy, you're teaching while making them laugh. And that's what I mean when I say put some sugar on that message. Like, deliver the message, teach the people, but the sugar is the laughter. And that's, like... It's like what Mary Poppins said. It takes a spoon, just a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down.
0: That's how you know you have kids. You just quoted Mary Poppins. <laughs> nah, it's because
1: I just remember, like when I said put some honey on the message. And then I'm like, oh yeah, just a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. <laughs> the truth is better uh, accepted when there's a little sugar on it.
0: That's true. So and that's
1: why we put laughter uh, on that. So that's how I'd look at the comedy. Um, but... Um,
0: so, speaking of Mary Poppins and the fact that you have kids, mm-hmm. do you want your kids to be entrepreneurs? Do you want them to go to university? Like, as an entrepreneur raising children, do you think it's important to show them both worlds? Like, how do you blend that together?
1: As in, uh the number one, with, with kids as an entrepreneur, um, the way I look at it, this is me personally. I can't speak for all entrepreneurs. My thing is to allow my children to find their own passion and then help them go forward towards it. So whatever that passion may be, may it be sports, fashion, music, whatever it is, when they say, Daddy, this is my passion, I say, okay, if it really is your passion, this is the work that requires in order for you to get to whatever goals you want to get to. And then I will help them and assist them that way. Not everybody is designed to be an entrepreneur. And it's not bad to not be one. You know, some people are uh, just great employees and that's their happiness. And there's nothing wrong I'm with it. I'm so that.
0: thankful for great employees. They make Yeah, me great life so-
1: employees make my life amazing. <laughs> yeah. When I find someone who takes pride in how they manage a company or how they, like, okay, at my bar. Um, I own a bar, yet I had to sit across from people who have higher qualifications than me. And I am the one who's deciding if they're qualified for a job that's below me. You know what I mean? That's a crazy idea. This person literally is more qualified than me. Yet, I'm the one who decides whether they're qualified to work under me. That's an insane thing, but that's the way the world is. All right? So I look... uh, at it as shit I lost my point
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's because we're gonna say the highway's really busy uh, I think there was a deer on the side of the road nah, <laughs>
1: no. I'm like my dad I'll talk my way out of a I'll talk my way into a different conversation and then forget <laughs> what a point I was trying to make
0: uh, well you know what that's okay that you forgot your point because like I said I wasn't gonna keep you on this very long Although we're on the highway, you're actually driving to a big show, and I want to make sure that your voice is as loud as booming as possible. <laughs> and I'm on my way actually to a book signing in Calgary, um, so I'm going to take the Greyhound back. So tomorrow's podcast should be really interesting because maybe oh, what I'll time podcast. time leaving. Um, I think my train, my train, my bus leaves at six.
1: Oh no, I can't leave that late. Yeah,
0: no, six p.m. because I'm oh. at a my book signing is in Shinna If you were leaving earlier, I
1: would just tell you to come with me because I'm coming back tomorrow.
0: Yeah, no, my book signing's till 4.30. Ah, uh, yeah, no, I can't. I
1: yeah. do the
0: shows. But anyways. You gotta do the show. So, if someone wants, so we already know where the bar is, 117th, 110723 Jasper Ave. Yep. You can come by. Sometimes he's there, sometimes he's not there, but still swing by, say hi, have a wonderful drink uh hookah right yes, always, yes it is a hookah bar. i always want to call it shisha um, but shisha
1: what's inside of it uh, okay and hookah is the pipe
0: okay so they can t- see you there uh what are your social media handles
1: um you can find me on at sterling's jokes s-t-e-r-l-i-n-g-s j-o-k-e-s on instagram twitter and snapchat and on facebook it's just sterling scott the comedian Okay. And, um, yeah, that's how you can get a hold of me. And, and if someone wants I to mean, book
0: you, like, for a corporate event or anything like that, do they just go to your social media, website? You can go to
1: my website, SterlingScottLive.com, Kay. to book me. Okay. And um, I just want everybody out there to know, make sure you guys, if you're dealing with mental health issues, that you buy a copy of Odie's book. It's phenomenal. I read it myself. I actually have the audio version as well as the hard copy because... I listen to it as well as read it because it's something where you could go back to and, um, it, 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 and and read from whenever you're going through that issue. You just let the cat out of <laughs> the
0: bag. No one knows the audio's version is available yet. Ah, well, you know
1: what, it is going to happen. That's okay. all that matters. Yeah,
0: he got the demo copy, so
1: so make sure you guys go ahead and do that, and as well as remember whether you can, whether you believe you can or you can't. You are right. I firmly believe, and I really this sounds crazy. I firmly believe that the energy that you have inside of you dictates where you will go. Surround yourself with other lunatics. <laughs> I'm serious, man. Preferably
0: dead with like crazy legal charges though. We are, yeah. nothing legal or unmoral. And sorry. anytime
1: somebody asks me about that, they go, How do you trust anybody? I say contracts don't require trust.
0: Oh, that's a good one. And sorry, speaking of contracts and that too, we forgot to, if there's any like new comedians out there, anybody who wants to try and get booked, how can they get a hold of your booking agency?
1: Uh, my booking agency, you can email us at one night only entertain one night only ent at gmail.com. Uh, once again, one O N E N I G H T O N L Y E N T one night only ent at gmail.com. Hit me up if you guys would like to be booked or if you guys are looking to get on shows, whatever. I'm still
0: begging. I think I'm hilarious. Sterling tells me I'm not every day.
1: I think (laughs) think the audience will tell you the same. But (laughs) you're more than welcome to try. So go ahead and do that if you wanted to do that. And good luck with all of everything that you guys do. You know, every day just prepare to be uncomfortable. Because the day you're comfortable is the day that you've given up. There's no comfort in what I do. Some days I'm dead broke. Some days I have 50000 in my account. Some days I don't have $5. But every day I'm happy because I'm doing what I do for me and nobody else. And never let money define success. Nope. Happiness defines your success.
0: So figure out your happiness is, yep. and then let the money come afterwards. I, that is so powerful because so many of us think like when I get 100000 a year, I'm going to be happy. No, wake up every day happy that you're alive that yep. your neighbors are crazy because at least you got neighbors or whatever which way it is. Yeah, there's so many blessings and we forget to accept them and so... Like just thank you so much again Sterling for Pleasure being on the honor. podcast. I'm glad I got to crash in your car <laughs> to get this done cuz like you're just an entrepreneur like me where you'll just by any means necessary again legal be that crazy whatever. person yeah. touch the tree <laughs> touch the tree don't you guys.
1: focus on what's holding you back focus on that tree
0: yeah because you know what you're all going to get there and if you ever need support we're all here for you all entrepreneurs we want to help other entrepreneurs succeed so make sure you follow Sterling I'll make sure I like put all of his information in the section below Uh, and I'm really excited to see like who listens and kind of reaches out to be like the you for you to book them because, like, I want to see the next talent that Canada's got. Let's
1: see what they got. Let's
0: see what they've got, Canada. And, again, make sure you put your mental health first no matter what business you're in. Um, if you've got a big smile but you feel like you're dead inside, please reach out to someone. It's so important. And go out there and grind it out, you guys. You can be great. Talk soon. Bye. Bye. Later, everybody. <laughs> you didn't say bye. <laughs>